What is up, everyone? May 30th, 2018. Welcome to this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I'm Micah Chan, joined alongside Luke Monger and Jackson Garner. Hey, we want to give a shout-out to UW football. Apparently, UW has earned the highest academic honor in the Pac-12 ahead of Stanford. Now, I'm sitting there and I'm going, what does that even mean? What does that entail? You score 986 on the APR, again, higher than Stanford, which is awesome. But if a team falls under 930, you get banned from the postseason? You're telling me you get banned from the postseason for not doing well academically? That's ridiculous, man. What do you think of that? Well, I just, I think the APR thing, first of all, when I, when I saw it, like, the Huskies have the highest APR in the Pac-12. I thought like they were all of a sudden loan sharks or something. But then, because like I think of APR's interest rate. Never mind, that's a really bad joke. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving forward, I don't even know what that APR was a, is. That was a, that was a great joke because that's what I, I when you said when we were talking APR, I was like, wait, what are we what are we talking about right now? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's so what I, I know. Yeah. So Luke, I, actually, I, I appreciated that joke. <laughs> yeah, Continue. thank you. I appreciate it. But then like, I was like, first of all, APR. My understanding is essentially what it is, is as long as people, like, the, the points in it are kids staying in school and staying academically eligible. So my question is, how did the Huskies lose any points? Wait, did, so if, is if, 96 if someone graduated, a percentile? Or someone finished, no, so what it is, is I'll, I'll read what I have right here. It says that uh, the APR is calculated as follows. Each student athlete receiving athletically related financial aid earns one point for staying in school and one point for being academically eligible. A team's total points are divided by points possible and then multiplied by a thousand to equal the team's academic progress rate. So yeah, that'd be a percentage, about 98.6%. Yeah. yeah. So but my, my question is there is like, did a couple players just without anyone knowing become academic, academically ineligible or when they say continue school, do they mean if a kid leaves school early to go to the NFL or something like that, uh, they lose points, the school. Uh, that was my question about it. There are better ways to do this to measure yeah, academic I mean, success. I think, like, I think it, it's important that like kids are staying in school and staying academically eligible, but I think there's like to say that they're the highest performing like, and obviously Chris Peterson puts a big emphasis on academics, showing up to class, and but being it's eligible, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, to, I don't know. It, I feel like cumulative GPA or something like that would be a higher or more accurate measurement of how kids are doing in class. Well, yeah. Let's go into that. Why not just do GPA? Clearly UW would not be ahead of Stanford if we were talking about GPA. I, I mean, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems like a more significant way to measure student progress than just, did you show up, were you eligible? And this whole notion that if you go under 930, you're gonna get banned from the postseason, that's not that far off. I mean, you're talking about a score of 98, a 986 out of a possible 1,000. Mm -hmm. 930 is pretty damn close to that, man. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, and the postseason ban, it's interesting for sure. I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious what it entails uh, for uh, staying in school. Does that like does that mean just not leaving early? So does that mean like the Alabamas of the world are screwed because they have kids that stay for three years and leave because they recruit that well? Oh, or, I was thinking that meant like just showing up to class, this being like just okay attendance. And yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. The one thing that I think that is interesting about academic progress rate is that uh, the 930 number has to be a four-year average. So they're making sure that like 
over the years. Like, you know, it's it, it's a measurement of not just one year, but it's it's oh, kind right. of the, the recent history of the program. So it's more of like a it's almost like a culture measurement in a way. It's like is the program doing a good job of emphasizing the importance of ath- or academics, which I think is interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you take a two, if you if you take a couple years off, you notice that in your program. Now you have a couple years to adjust, and if it if, if by the third year you're still doing a bad job and you look like you're on pace for that fourth year of being under nine thirty, you should probably yeah, be like figure it out. Well, you're not enforcing the academic standards, and that reflects poorly on your program. I mean, you if that goes into the media, if it goes into the media that your school is failing academically, I don't think it'll ever get to that point. I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where a team is banned. From the po- from the college football like bowl game eligibility because of academic failures. I mean, teams will see that from a long way out. Yeah, no, for sure. They have a long time to adjust to that once again. And like you said, if you are unable to right the ship, uh, it would be interesting if there was like a like a coach punishment rather than like a team punishment. You know, uh, like obviously it's it's no, everybody pays for it. That, yeah, <laughs> the, the, that, the like, rules say. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, and, and, and it's interest like. Obviously, a postseason ban is a punishment on the players, and what it does is it probably incentivizes players to make sure that they are performing academically so that they're able to enjoy sort of that uh, that benefit of playing college football. But you'd wonder, like, if a whole program for four years in a row can't figure their stuff out academically, you'd wonder if the coach is to blame, you know what I mean? Or if there's yeah. something else going on, you know? Or if they're recruiting the wrong players. Yeah, they they're, they're, they're something. <laughs> Well, that's like you should just measure by GPA. These reports that saying who's the most academic school. First of all, Utah football was not even close to being the most highest APR score. That's just the one that the media goes after. I mean, the men's basketball team got a perfect one thousand. Obviously, they have a lot less people on their team, so it's a lot yeah. easier to reach that. Yeah. I mean, and you got guys like Jason Crandall. What's funny? Just, like, <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Is it true? <laughs> uh, what's funny about uh? What's funny about uh, Utah basketball getting, and I don't want to. I'm saying this with a pretty high degree of certainty. So Utah's men's basketball team gets a 100 or gets a 1,000 APR score. However, they were also, I think, if not the only one of the only teams at Utah to not maintain a cumulative GPA of 3.0. <laughs> So they really? the class. It's pretty funny. So, so they showed up. They did a bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They stayed eligible and they went to class. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty low. So stance. it's funny though. So they get like, so by this standard, they're like the gold standard. But compared in terms of how they're actually doing in their classes to the rest of the university, they're kind of at the bottom. So as far yeah. as just team GPA, who are you putting in the top three? I'm putting Stanford in there. Uh, I'm definitely, I, I, I will put UW in there as well put, as far as uh, overall team GPA. I feel like a Cal. Utah, maybe Cal. Mm-hmm. What's interesting Cal would is be good as well. I think it was either USC or UCLA, but I'm pretty sure it was UCLA didn't have a single first team or second team <laughs> academic all really? conference. And because you think of it like UCLA as being like a ridiculously prestigious academic school. So, so you know what's funny is uh, my brother's all academic trophy came the other day. Yeah, or not the other day, but I mean this thing literally looks like the like a Mr. T's trophy that you get for like the, the little league team, like at the end of the season, <laughs> it, like, it's like hollow, it is like, hilarious. How so awesome. <laughs> just like, I mean, this thing might like, must be like $20 value. Like <laughs> it for 
for uh, making it. it That's was so epic. Too funny, dude. Yeah. Where, did you see like the packaging, <laughs> like where they delivered it from? No, I didn't even see what it's. It's just in my brother's <laughs> room. It's just like a little like blue. It's like not a plaque, but it's just like I. I don't know. It's it's really not much. It's I pretty might, funny. I might just throw it out if I, if I got some. <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, what are you gonna do with the trophy? It's probably like from San Jose, California. Like, there's no like like it's not like from a significant area. Yeah, like, no. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like the, like somewhere someone at like the Pac-12 like just went to an intern and was like, hey, go to like the local trophy store and just like make 20 yeah, trophies like a here for, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah, for our all academic team and then they'll just ship them out <laughs> the pack 12s going all right we got these all academic teams here's a stipend make it cheap yeah. make it efficient get your players yeah. an award and get out of there and don't stop worrying about this uh this silly all academic award hey uh, also UW got a commitment from a three-star wide receiver out of california named taj davis now, what well, this mm-hmm. is what's cool about this. This is what's cool about this commitment, right? They have a running back right now that's on that's on you know committed for class of twenty nineteen for UW. His name is Cam Davis. No relationship, but they do play on the same high school team in Upland, California. It is a dream for a lot of high school teammates to one day play together at a D one level. In fact, that is a dream for every single mm-hmm. high school team to play together, especially as a running back, quarterback, wide receiver, skill player like that. That's a storyline right there. That it's eventually. Every single news outlet's gonna pick that up. No, I, I I think it's more if it's like you know quarterback receiver. I mean, I, like two skill like you know that's been done before. If they were if they were, I mean, if they were brothers, that would be that would be a story. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, no, absolutely, that would be a story. But I mean, like you know, hey, starting Tavar- running back, starting wide receiver from Tavaris, the same hometown, Tavares Martin Jr., Isaiah Johnson, Mack, going all the way across the country to WCU, like that was never that big of a storyline. Like it was, but like. You know, well, th- weren't they? Aren't they different age groups? Aren't they different demo? That one's a so- one, one's a sophomore and one's senior. Well, right? They're they're one year apart. Oh, well, yeah. these guys are these guys are the same class, so that makes it a good story. They're, oh, they're the same class. Is it? Yeah. Does it? Is that really? Huh. All right. You think that's the story, Luke? Um, I, I don't think it's. I mean, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think it's something that will be mentioned. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things. I don't. I don't know if it'll be like. It won't be like the weed of any story, but I think it's one of those things. Like, you'll see a game recap during their junior years. It's like Cameron Davis and Todd Davis, who both went to Upland High School. Like, you know, like yeah. we were high school teammates. That's enough. Both scored a touchdown, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's something that they that will always be – I think it will follow them, but it won't necessarily be uh, – I, like it's it's not like the yeah. the meat and potatoes of the story, but it will it's a garnish that is all that will always be served with <laughs> good good food people. references. Okay, okay, right there. Yeah. Yes. thank you. There. Picture this. <laughs> Picture go. this. All right, it's fall twenty eighteen, a film room in California. They're watching film. All right, a high school football team. Circle Cam, Circle Taj, UW commit, UW commit. These are the guys we need to stop on Friday night. The Cam Davis and Taj, da- like yeah. that's gonna happen. In oh, for every sure. Single high school uh, film room. When it comes to playing uh, this upland football team, UW commit both of these guys, or or on the sideline. Hey, they got two UW commits over there. Like that's that's gonna be the jabber. I, no, <laughs> I feel like there's so many guys who are like committed to different play. Like no, I, they don't. No, where is no. Upland? Is Upland California like Southern California? Are they gonna play mid or day or something like that? Yeah, I think it is L.A. area. I can I can look that up for sure. But no, I'm looking it up right like now. Like you go to any yeah, you probably I mean depending upon classification yeah. stuff like that, you go onto any given one of those fields and you probably have six or seven guys with offers. 
Yeah, honestly, yeah. Every, if you play for a California football team, it's Los Angeles, and that is correct. East of Los Angeles by yeah, 36 miles. the Inland miles. Empire. But let's look at a couple Cougars that are oh, leaving yeah. WSU. Linebacker Diamond. Diamond Richardson. Diamond, yeah, Diamond. And defensive back Grant pa- Porter are no longer the team. It's worth mentioning that Grant Porter got a life-saving award from the Pullman Police Department for intervening in an attempted suicide of a man in Pullman. You know anything about this, Jackson? Yeah, well, I mean, he also had the uh, domestic violence or the domestic, what was it, uh, charged with yeah, misdemeanor domestic that. battery. Yeah. So, I mean, there was there was good and bad with, with Grant Porter. And I think there was probably, um, I don't know, maybe difference of opinions between him and the coach. You know, like, I don't, I don't know if, if there was a great relationship there with with him the coaching staff and then for diamond i mean they just couldn't find a position for him hey six three two ten he's a specimen he's a good athlete no (laughs) don't get me wrong he's a good athlete but they they just didn't seem like they really found a spot for him they tried him you know like a weak side linebacker they tried him at nickel they tried him at rush linebacker like they moved him around all the time and they just couldn't you know this this uh, spring he was playing rush linebacker and that was after playing nickel, so I mean definitely a bi- pretty big change there and I don't know if he just said like you know I don't think they I don't think WSU has the vision for you know I don't know what I don't know what uh, his case was it's not he didn't you know he wasn't like a a, a big player per se and, and neither was Grant so I don't know. Um, it's hard to say why they left, but, you know, they definitely had, you know, kind of tough times fitting in with the program, I'd Well, say. Diamond Richardson is going to now play for Southern Utah. He's pretty pumped about that. And let me tell you right now, there are two types of third stringers in college football. Those that are content because they're at a WC or UW, they just love going to a university like that, and those that actually want to play. I have no doubt that Diamond Richardson... Could have been a third string for WSU, had lived that lifestyle at WSU, been in the Pac-12, but he actually wanted to play. Don't well, hey, see that. No, that's lo- that's yeah. the thing. I mean, the at like if you look at on the defense, the biggest question mark is rush linebacker, and that's where they had him. I mean, they were. It's it's hard to try and say that they weren't trying to get him on the field, because, you know, I mean they they had him in pretty much the biggest question mark on the mm-hmm. defense, so. Could he have earned an opportunity? Absolutely. But, like, do you, I mean, I probably know for a fact he'll be playing at Southern Utah. And that's that's where I think he wants to be a guaranteed playing spot. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I was just going to say, this is totally off topic and random, but I just found that uh, Diamond Richardson is Paul Richardson's brother. Pretty interesting. interesting. Huh. Athletic dude, or athletic family at least. Yeah, yeah. So how many years apart would that be? Because Paul Richardson, he's close to 30 now. He's been around for a few years. Like um, that's difference. a good question. I, I, Paul Richardson, let's see right now. Paul Richardson uh, finished school in 2014. He's 26. Uh, yeah, so it's got to be five years. Yeah. Diamond five Richardson years. is now, he played junior college, so he's, he's a little bit older. Third year sophomore, guy. so he would. Yeah, he's, my, he's orange. 20, yeah, he's 2021. 20, 20, all right, that's not too. That's not too reasonable. The yeah. size difference is a little bit strange. I mean, Paul Richardson, he's a, he's like the smallest player on the Seahawks. Yeah, well, no, yeah. It's, it, the body type is what's interesting because exactly, Paul's pretty. Yeah. Paul's pretty lanky, and 
it sounds like Diamond's a long dude too, but he, like at yeah, six three two ten, that's yeah. very solid. Yeah, definitely. Paul Richardson. Yeah, he's definitely, got he's got a different. I mean, he's got frame to grow. Richardson. I I think Paul Richardson's stuck in that one eighty zone. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if I don't know if he would be too. T- I mean, he was definitely the thinnest of uh, of the rush linebackers, and, and they're a small group. Like when when you think of like the speed D, and, and you're just like, gosh, like you know, like I I. I have reservations about the rush linebacker position just like because these guys are just going to get bullied at the line of scrimmage. Like, they're like, I don't think Diamond Richardson's 210. I think, and I mean, this is kind of getting off topic too, but I mean, they're a small group. So, 210 might might be more around like 200. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it definitely exaggerates something like mm-hmm. that. Hey, uh, let's look at a, a former Eastern Washington quarterback, former Oregon quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr. It's a really sad story because Johnny Manziel, you know, he made headlines when he signed with the CFL. He's going to Hamilton, Hamilton Tiger Cats. And because of that, big play VA, he's not going to play next year. He's actually on his third team in three years in the CFL ever since. Did he get a shot with the Seahawks? I, I feel like he was like in he the did. training game. Right, 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 in a he preseason. Mm-hmm. The game a chance. I wanted Vernon Adams to be a Seahawk so bad. But he's that too small, cool. man. He's like he's like Russell Wilson, but smaller. I've, what I heard, okay, this is also I can't remember what my source was, so don't at me for the source. But I I heard that Vernon, like, was obviously a very talented dude, but it, like just couldn't quite get the. He wasn't like, a, you know, he wasn't like a quarterback. Quarterback, you know what I mean? Yeah, just didn't have like the, the like like just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, kind of like was lost trying to command a huddle like yeah, he those, is, like, he the, so like all the quarterback cliches are like with just what vernon adams didn't have but all the cool things that you want in your madden quarterback is what vernon adams has. <laughs> yeah yeah that's why we call him big play VA. he's he's got that swagger man but i i, I feel like he's too chill you know he's too relaxed well, I, yeah i mean lackadaisical. i don't know i feel like unsure of himself he probably he probably did struggle in like the film room and stuff like that because you know and the leadership yeah, I'd say, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, but, like, seeing someone make huge plays just from pure, like, athleticism and, and physical prowess in in Eastern Washington and then going to Oregon, and it's, like, where you're going to need more of the intangibles and then not really work out. I mean, that would make sense. Well, right now in Hamilton, he's not even in the conversation for starting quarterback. Obviously, Hamilton's throwing out the storyline. Johnny Manziel's going to have to earn his spot. Like, that's not true. He's going to be a starter. But the backup quarterback right now is a former Oregon quarterback named Jeremiah Masoli. So, he's, he's actually... Oh, yeah. Jeremiah Masoli. Holy cow. Blast yeah, from the past. It's a, He's a star. He's a that star. That guy was a beast. <laughs> he's a starter <laughs> for Hamilton. He's a non-factor now with Johnny Manziel there. He might be better than Johnny Manziel. He might fit the system better, but obviously Johnny Manziel is going to sell more tickets. And when you're in the CFL, that's what's most important, if, how you can make money. And here's the thing about Vernon Adams Jr. Right now, he's making 70000 a year, and that's including housing. You know, you got these weird stipulations in these CFL contracts. You said how much? 70000 a year. It's not bad. But No, no, but that includes housing. So as you're looking yeah. at 60000 a year. I'm sure he gets his dental insurance paid for. But I mean, you're he's, living. He's, no, he's 25 years old right now. Is the CFL? You got some, you got, I'm sure you got a great Canadian healthcare plan, like something. <laughs> oh, for fantastic. sure. Yeah. But I mean, is it worth it? Is there life after football for a guy like Vernon Adams? 
this is this is unrelated right now, but then I'll get back to that. I just think I'd love to sit and watch a practice where the three quarterbacks were Johnny Menzel, Jeremiah Masoli, and Adams. <laughs> Only like, in the that would, I, I would pay twenty dollars to see that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it's interesting. I wonder what their pe- like do they have a pension plan like the NFL does or anything I like that? I can't imagine they do. Do I mean well, because I know basically how like the NFL pension plan works is like after like two or three years, you're you you can you're eligible for a pension plan, and then like years after that, after the third year, you essentially add like eight hundred dollars onto like a monthly check. So like when you turn like when you turn like forty five, mm-hmm. you receive like if so if you played you know, gosh, if you played like 15 seasons, or I'm just for for the sake of the math, 10 seasons, you would get like, uh, what would it be like? Like you get like an $8,000 check every month after you turn Mm. like 45. 10 years in the CFL would get you that? No, no, no. That's an NFL pension plan. Gosh. I don't think the CFL has that kind of money. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, well, I mean, they might have something not to that, not that much money, but scale. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But I mean, Vernon mm-hmm. Adams Jr. All he's ever known his whole life is being this this like style of quarterback that has a little has a little flavor to him. And he, and like I said, he's only twenty five. His life hasn't even really started See, yet. What this do you is do now? okay. You remember last week when I was talking about is it worth trying to go to? Or I mean, this might have been a couple weeks ago. Can't remember. But here is a perfect situation where it would have made total sense for Vernon Adams to just stay in Eastern Washington, make his his brand dude, and his marketability in Cheney. Well, yeah, they hate him now because he left. He if he just would have stayed, he wasn't gonna make it. Of every, I feel like the writing was on the wall that he wasn't gonna make it. Like, and yeah, I mean, obviously you got to give you know, you could probably give him the benefit of the doubt for trying to you know get the get the better gig, but like if. Think so, think how things would have been been now if he's you know loved by Cheney if he's still like one of Cheney's greatest and he could go back and, and you know do a local food joint ad and do all that kind of stuff and make a living out of it. You can't really make a living in Cheney based off commercials because the Cheney market. I mean, he's from Pasadena, California. I don't think he wants to be in Eastern Washington. The only yeah, reason why he's there is for the opportunity. But I think that he is capable of making a better living. Than marketing cars in the Shinnyville <laughs> area, he's from Southern California. He probably wants so to go back to but, that environment. Yeah, but who, but what? Who is he in Southern California? Who is he now? Who is he then? Like, yeah, he was he was a rock star. He was a rock star in Cheney. He was. Uh, and, and if he would have stayed, he would have been a legend. I, I don't think his legacy would be great enough. I don't think Shinnyville has sure the market. I don't think they have find the market. A way. He needs to find a way because Did he win the national championship for them. That was 2010. That was 2010, and he went to Oregon in 20. He played his final season in Oregon in 2015. Okay, so was, no. Who was the quarterback of that team then? That's, Dave Eastern has was that Bo Levi Mitchell? Oh, that might yeah yeah I think that was. He's probably uh, still in the CFL. But we're, we're talking so. The obviously he was a rock star in Cheney. Left, they're mad only had one year of an impact in Oregon. The one thing they didn't even where his legacy will live on forever is a Husky destroyer. So he should like, <laughs> maybe that's what he can 
Like, you yeah, know, I could yeah, think of something. Maybe like, he can come to Seattle and be like, have like a demolition company. But he didn't. He didn't beat you. <laughs> you know? He didn't even beat you, Dev. So it'd be uh... no. He yeah. I mean, he, he beat them with Oregon. He lost with. Uh, Wa- he, he almost lost Eastern Washington. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. I mean, I'd love to just in those two games. Like, I wonder what his stats were. Like, like Jeez. fourteen passing 500, touchdowns. Yeah, five hundred <laughs> plus yards, six or seven <laughs> touchdowns. I, I would. I'm curious to see how long he rides this out. If you if you leaves his identity in football, or if he tries to do something, I could see him trying to be an assistant coach at a university. But we. I mean, like, didn't we just like kind of put the. The basis of him not, I mean, I, and we don't, obviously we don't know, but like, he doesn't look like he's that like, you know, film right. room his personality, guy. yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like he's much more of a personality. Like he doesn't seem like he's coaching material, you know? Have you, has anyone ever heard him like interviewed or anything? I have not. I wonder if he's got like the charisma to be like, yeah. a, like a guy that ends up I feel like he media. would do, I feel like he would do well in front of a camera. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't as, as an analyst on I just on don't spoke uh, Spokane Network. Yeah, I was gonna say and I just don't know a if Root they Sports like, telecast. Totally, man. Let's get let's get VA. Oh, oh, Root Sports <laughs> to do some Big Sky football. Absolutely, yeah. I big play VA that. on the yeah. call. That'd be sweet. That yeah. would be. Uh, hey, we could go talk to Root Sports. Let's you know we'll we'll maybe hook them up. You know, uh, we can get a commission <laughs> for yeah. getting him hired or something. Yeah. <laughs> VA's Twitter DMs are open, so if he's looking for life after football, we try and get him on Root Sports. But uh, let's talk about a family going on tour right now, talking about uh, Tyra Helensky, the Helensky family. They're touring Washington to talk about Tyra Helensky and, and mental health awareness. And he was re- they were recently on Q13 just talking about, you know, update. Everybody wants to know how they're coping. They said they're not doing, o- they're not doing okay right now. But I want to know what this entails when you when you're saying that you're going on Washington to talk about Tyler. Is this something that say you're from Vancouver? Can you come to one of these? I don't want to use the word seminar, but are there events that the Helinski family is hosting for Helinski Hope to raise awareness that is outside the realms of just media interviews? You know what that entails? Yeah, no, you know I I'll be honest I don't know a whole lot and of what their tour is, you know, I've heard about it. I know they're doing it. Um, but I'm just as interested as you are. And, and to be honest, just as curious as you are as to kind of what it is all about. I know they've said that they're trying to, to, to bring out awareness. And I also know that they, you know, they want Tyler's legacy to, to live on. And, uh, you know, I think this is also kind of way to, to remind people that, you know, of who he was. You can donate at HolinskyHope.org um, to the cause, and also you can have more information there. But yeah, Tyler Holinsky definitely uh, trying to help the Washington community right now. Another another WC football player that's uh, continuing his legacy is Robert Lewis. He was yeah. awarded a six-year of eligibility. So pain Old polluter, man Lewis. Pain polluter is not alone yeah. in, uh, in the film room right now, even though they are different position groups. Apparently... Like 30, 35 receptions are worth the six months of his life that I'll never get back uh, <laughs> to play for WC football. Look, he has a degree in political hey. justice. He's working Cr- towards criminal, a second degree. Criminal justice. Sorry, he's, he has a degree yeah. in criminal justice right now, but he's, he's working towards a second degree in political science. But if, if you already have your degree in criminal justice, okay, and you're going to stay for one more semester, that's not going to be enough time to get 
another yeah, but, major, I mean, another you, what, you bachelor's. Have to, well, these guys are going to school fall, winter, so, so like I mean, they're there all the time. You don't think he's going to stick around after football season, do you, to finish the second degree? Because he won't be under scholarship at that point. Uh, you know, I don't. That's that's an excellent question. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I don't know if I have enough time to finish this second. But I, what I'm also saying is like he's been here since 2013. 2012, right? Didn't he redshirt 2012? Because 2012 redshirt. In, no, I, so he no, no he redshirt enrolled. Right? He enrolled in in January of 2013. January 2013. He, he enrolled yeah. early. You're telling me. Yes. Huh. Small guy. Yeah, but right, so I mean, so he's been here for what? This will be his fifth year, or his, I guess his sixth Six year. year. Yeah, twenty thirteen. year being year, here. When you consider all the summer, years, so yeah, like yeah. all the summer classes you're taking in between those seasons, you're t- and you're going to be, if you're like last season hurt, you're probably taking full a full schedule. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. That's speculation. I don't know if he has time or not. It seems like it's within the realm of possibility. But I think what you look at, you are getting, is someone who's very experienced with the offense. He's been around Coach Leach for six years. He's part of his first class. 22 starts, 37 games played, 117 receptions in his career, 1,200 yards in his career, six touchdowns. That's not a negative thing to add on to the receiving core. You know, you know it's, it's a great thing to have in the, in the film room, somebody that's experienced. And uh, looks like he's going to try and be a lawyer one day with that criminal justice degree and also that's, you know, working towards that political science degree. So six year in the program, he's making a name for himself in the Spokane community. Maybe you'll see a TV ad saying Robert Lewis wants to represent you. Go Cougs. <laughs> Trying to make a name for himself. Robert Lewis in his final season. Again, a lot of talent right now at that slot receiver position. Look, that's all we got right now for the Washington football news cycle. It's a, it's a very slow time this time of year, but high school football, they picked up their equipment today. They'll be starting tomorrow, so uh, expect more high school football coverage. We promised that we were going to get Ryland Spencer on the show today. He'll be on June 11th instead. That's our bad for making a promise that we couldn't follow through on. But you can find us on Twitter, at Micah underscore Chen, and at Luke, M-O-U-N-G-E-R, at Jackson M. Garner. Send us an email at micachen at yahoo.com. Your next edition of Washington Football Crunch will be next when next Tuesday, June 5th. For Michael Luke and Jackson, signing off. Thanks.